0: Father in heaven, we come before you in prayer to seek for your wisdom and guidance. We need spiritual eyesight in order to understand the tumultuous times in which we live and the signs of Jesus' soon coming, which is our great hope. So we pray that you would be with us during this broadcast to give us understanding, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. This is Scott Ritzema with another 30-minute news broadcast. And the reason for that is a lot of things are happening in our world today. Deceptions are on the rise, wars and rumors of wars, all of the signs of the times that we continually track and trace through the news headlines, giving a biblical perspective and a prophetic understanding of the world in which we live today. The first item of news today is from ChristianNews.net. Jorge Bergoglio, who you may know as Pope Francis asked for Mary to intercede for the oppressed on Monday and claimed to the thousands gathered to observe what is known as the Roman Catholic Feast of Assumption, Feast of the Assumption, claimed that she had been assumed into heaven, body and soul. Now, biblically, we might have reason to question that, that teaching, where in the Bible do we find it indicated that Mary was taken up into heaven, body and soul like Enoch and Elijah? There is not a single verse or reference or even hint at this idea. In fact, the American Catholic outlet notes that, quote, Scripture does not give an account of Mary's assumption into heaven. So where does the doctrine come from? Where does this teaching and this belief come from? If you are a Bible-believing Christian, then you derive your doctrines, your understandings of truth, from the Bible. But this dogma was made official by Pope Pius XII, who wrote in 1950, quote, "We pronounce, declare, and define it. We pronounce, declare, and define it to be a divinely revealed dogma that the Immaculate Mother of God, the Ever Virgin Mary." having completed the course of her earthly life, was assumed body and soul to heavenly glory. So we declare it. That's the authority. According to many religions, human teaching, human authority is supreme. Now, we as Christians must say, no, the Bible and the Bible alone is the supreme authority. When you read, we declare and pronounce and define the idea that Mary was assumed into heaven. So this is just what's going on this past week. The Queen of Peace, Pope Francis said, who we contemplate today in heavenly glory, I wish to entrust once again the anxieties and sufferings of the people who in many parts of the world are innocent victims of persistent conflict. So what is he saying? He's asking her for, he's praying to Mary. He's asking her to, deal, to, to help the people who are in sufferings and anxieties and so on. Now, biblically, once again, we are commanded not to communicate with people beyond the grave, the dead, mediums, spiritists, etc. There there are people that get into communicating with fallen angels, evil angels, through different different occult practices and, and seances and so on. Communicating with the dead. Now, of course, the dead... You're not actually communicating with dead loved ones if you're engaged in these sorts of spiritualist practices. These are what the Bible calls familiar spirits. They're demon spirits impersonating dead loved ones, just like the devil can transform himself into an angel of light. So if you're unsure of that teaching and you you have had experience with this and you're going, wait a minute, what did he just say? This is hugely important to understand from the Bible. And so I'm going to give you a website for you to spend a few hours searching through what happens when you die? What, what, what is the state of those who have died? Are they consciously living among us? Are they up in heaven, in hell? The Bible teaches that they are asleep. The Bible says that over and over again, that death is asleep. Many, many, many times. And it says that the dead know nothing. So visit the website, Truth About Death dot com, truthaboutdeath.com. And this is another one of the errors that came out of the Dark Ages. Just like this whole idea that we, the, the, the popes, can declare and pronounce a truth, irrespective of what the Bible might say, this doctrine and this teaching that, that we have an immortal soul also is a relic of Dark Ages Christianity, so called. That, the idea that you live on after death, immortal. No, the Bible says that when you die, you're asleep in the grave. And then God will give the righteous immortality at the resurrection. It says that we will be clothed with immortality. In other words, we don't have it right now. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 6 that God alone has immortality. So we don't have it. The Bible says we are not immortal. It says God alone is immortal. And it also says to seek immortality immortality in romans to seek immortality we must pursue it we must strive for it through the blood of jesus christ who died that we might be saved so if we're seeking immortality this also implies that we don't don't have it yet so the clear teaching from the bible is that we are not we are not naturally immortal my friends we are mortals God said, in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. In other words, Adam and Eve, if you enter into sin and the human race is in a sinful condition, they will be subject to death, not immortal. The serpent came along, though, and said, you shall not surely die. Ye shall not surely die was the first lie ever told to human beings. You will have an immortal capacity, soul or spirit. You will be immortal even without The blessing of God, even in a sinful state, what a lie from the devil. But here you have a bunch of other deception, false doctrines coming out of this one world religion promoting Pope, Pope Francis saying, well, we can, we can pray to Mary. Now that's really a problem by the way, because in the Bible, we have only one mediator. It says he was asking for Mary to intercede for the oppressed on Monday, says this article is Mary our intercessor our mediator or is Jesus because the Bible says there's only one and it actually names it. It says there is only one mediator between us and the father and that is Jesus Christ. He is our high priest. So when our eyes get taken off of Jesus and placed upon Elijah or Enoch or Mary or other people who are dead and are supposedly in heaven and we're praying to them, praying to Peter and Paul, this is not biblical in, in there's not a single verse that indicates that we ought to be doing this. It's a deception of Satan because it takes our eyes off of Jesus anything that detracts us from our savior anything that distracts us from our savior will be exposed as a lie it also says in the article the pope went on and said to the queen of peace to the queen of peace who we contemplate today in heavenly glory the queen of, this is again a, a contrived invented title for mary she has others like co redemptrix The Bible does not say that Mary died for our sins. That Jesus died for our sins is what is taught in the scriptures. The Bible doesn't say that she is the queen. Jesus is the king, high priest, redeemer, and Mary has no Titles or anything. She was a great lady. I mean, we don't want to take that away from her. <laughs> a lot of times, you know, when, when we look at the deceptions around Mary, we often forget how wonderful of a person she was in raising Jesus. I mean, that is the most important mission work in the world is that of a mother. And she raised Jesus. So I'm looking forward to meeting Mary, giving her a, a, a debt of gratitude and getting to know what she went through in that life of raising Jesus because I'm in the midst of the thick of this right now, my wife and I with raising our children. So that's on my heart and on my thoughts a lot, but the historic Mary, the person who existed 2000 years ago, she has since passed, right? And so we don't elevate and talk about her as the, this lady in heaven. Who's the queen and the co. I mean, think about co-redemptrix. That is a title that is taught in many circles of Christianity about Mary, that she alongside Jesus, he's not the sole redeemer, but she also is co-redemptrix, queen of heaven. So she shares in the monarchical authority of heaven. No, Jesus is the monarch. He is the king of heaven and the father for that matter. Father, son, and Holy Spirit. Europe, hit by yet more sex attacks. Now 22 girls assaulted at Stockholm Festival, UK Express. Fury has erupted in Sweden after it emerged that more than 20 girls have been sexually assaulted at a popular festival. Couple that one with UK Express, Doom 101. North Korean students taught to prepare for the end of the world. North Korean students are being taught classes about Doom and the end of the world, heightening fears that the country is preparing for a deadly showdown with its Western enemies. And then, meanwhile, and the German government is warning its citizens to stockpile food and water in preparation for a catastrophe. And then, of course, the tragic terrorist event over the weekend, which we've seen and heard talked about already. It was a 12 to 14-year-old child who detonated, who was detonated as a suicide bomber, although it was detonated by remote control. So whether he was suicidal or not, we don't know. But RT reports the death toll from suicide bombing at a wedding in in southeastern Turkey has risen to 50 people killed in this blast, according to local officials, as cited by Reuters. Turkish President Erdogan blamed Islamic State for carrying out the blast. The local governor's office confirmed in a statement that 50 people had died in the bombing while a number of injured people are being treated at hospitals around the province. This is the deadliest attack to have struck Turkey in 2016. The suspected bomber is believed to have detonated a suicide belt that was later updated. It was probably detonated by remote control is the running theory right now. But either way, the carnage, the tragedy, the evil of this is so evident. How can we not see that we are in the last days? and that untold evils are being unleashed upon the world and that the devil has come down having great wrath for he knows that his time is short, the Bible says. In North Korea, they're preparing for the end of the world and in Germany, the German government warning people to stockpile food and water in preparation for a catastrophe. Terrorism is on the rise. As a human being inundated with all of this crazy news of what's going on in our world, and it is going on, there is a danger. There is a trap right there to descend down into the emotion of fear and to just hang out there. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. When I get back from the break, I'm going to share more about Russia, what's happening there. We're on the verge of a stupendous, unprecedented global crisis, a confluence of crises that are already beginning now. The present trends are indicating the future results and effects and events. So, what do we do with that as Christians? Well, what do we do with everything? With every joy, with every sorrow, with every fear, with every stress, with every temptation, with every moment of life and every breath. We turn to Jesus and we receive of His wisdom from His Word. We seek His love, His grace to overcome fear and every negative emotion. We'll be right back. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher, and speaker, Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Did you know that just under a half a million dollars is spent on the public education of a small family of three children during the entirety of their childhood? You heard that right. Almost a half a million dollars, and it rises every year. So, do you think the quality of that education is rising along these absolutely profligate outlays of funds? Well, presently, only one in five Americans is fully functionally literate. That goes beyond sounding out words to actual deep reading comprehension. It's time to wake up, to come apart and be separate, saith the Lord. The DVD series is called Schooled, the deliberate agenda to reduce individuality, Destroy Intelligence and Re-Engineer Society. In Schooled, you'll hear it straight from the mouths of the founders of modern schooling themselves. They're quite proud of it. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior Precious Redeemer and friend Who would have thought that a lamb Could rescue the souls of men Oh, you rescue the souls of men And we're back. This is Scott Ritzelmo with 11thHourDispatch.com and another segment of news, but before we dive right back into it, you know, as as if the first segment wasn't enough information and validation that the signs of the times of Bible prophecy are emerging and increasing all around us. There's a whole lot more to come. But that song, that theme song of this program, recorded by the Neblets, wonderful, wonderful CD by the Neblets. I just got to give them another. Thumbs up and, and pat on the back and appreciation for their Christ centered music, which is built on such good musical principles. But those, those words wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and Friend. Whenever there is a moment in our day, uh, fear about the last days, issues in our lives, relational breakdown, temptation, and sin, look to the Savior. You know, this broadcast, yes, is, is about the news, but much more importantly than that, that's just really an avenue, a window, a bridge into talking about the most important thing of all, and that is Jesus Christ and him crucified and mediator as high priest in heaven and coming again as our, as our king. And Bible prophecy all points to that. This program is about the news, the prophecy, ultimately about Jesus Christ. And so when we get back into the wars and rumors of wars themes here of, of, you know, what we heard at the beginning, North Korea, Germany, terrorism, people warning about the end of the world, literally not even from a Christian standpoint, but uh, catastrophes coming and all of this, this crazy, light your hair on fire and run around as a, as a, as a fear induced maniacal response. That is the worldly reaction to this. The Bible says men's hearts will fail them for fear in the last days. I want to see the confirmation of Bible prophecy emerging around us as something that brings hope and joy. Not that we like seeing these things happen. It's tragic. It's terrible. God's heart is breaking. He is weeping. And for us to have that response of, oh, this is bad, what's happening in our world, that's appropriate. That is in concert with the heart of God. But here we have from the New York Times more information about Russia. Russia flexed its muscles again over Syria on Friday for the first time launching cruise missiles at targets from warships in the Mediterranean Sea days after being bombed, beginning bombing runs from a base in Iran. We reported on that. That was unprecedented as the alliances are setting up. Now Russia launching cruise missiles from warships in the Mediterranean Sea. Taken together, the new military moves appear to be a demonstration that Russia has the ability to strike from virtually all directions in a region where it has been reasserting its power, from Iran, from warships in the Caspian Sea, from its base in the Syrian coastal province of Latakia, and now from the Mediterranean. The United States has asserted its military might in a new way, scrambling its aircraft to protect its forces and those it is supporting from Syrian government airstrikes." The Pentagon issued a blunt warning to the Syrian government after its warplanes struck a Kurdish controlled region where American military personnel were on the ground. The Syrian regime, quote, the Syrian regime would be well advised not to interfere with coalition forces or our partners, said Captain Jeff Davis, a Pentagon spokesman talks appear to have stalled between Russia and the United States on a proposal to carry out joint operations in Syria. Joint operations that, you know, that would be United States and Russia on the same page, but those talks have stalled. The, the operations in Syria would be against militant militant groups that both countries, United States and Russia, consider to be terrorist. Russia and Russian and Syrian government airstrikes have intensified lately, with no progress on the horizon for a political solution to end the war. How long has this war been going on in Syria? Just many years. While both Russia and the United States say they share the goal of defeating the Islamic State group in Syria, they are waging parallel but separate wars against the militant group, while simultaneously backing opposite sides in the conflict between Russia's ally, President Bashar al-Assad of Syria and his other opponents, including rebels backed by the United States. Now, that statement right there did not give the whole truth. This is one of the reasons why understanding news and events from a clearer point of view than what the mainstream media is putting out there is essential. What you just heard is is woven with propaganda. The United States is backing rebels in Syria, which are seeking to overthrow the regime of Bashar al-Assad what the article didn't say is that these rebels are actually Sunni Islamic Al Qaeda al-Nusra terrorist groups the ones that are supposedly being uh, sought after to kill so it's like on the one hand There is an effort to put down terrorism, and on the other hand, you want to find as many friendly terrorists as you can, prop them up, fund them, arm them, and help them to overthrow an unfriendly government that you have your target on. That's the agenda of what's going on. And many of those arms weaponry funding that's gone through moderate rebels to al-Nusra ends up also in the hands of ISIS. And so the, the lines between allies and enemies there are much less clear than the article presented there just to be aware of that. It's one of the big scandals of recent years. Russian air power, which entered the war last fall, has helped Mr. Assad hold on to power and make advances against rebels. The war is also providing President Vladimir Putin of Russia a public proving ground and showcase to his adversaries for new, sophisticated weaponry. What is the whole purpose there? Well, we've got a new Cold War on our hands. We've got a new... Uh, heated up conflict between the United States and Russia where knowing what your capacities are, putting them on trial, putting them on display as muscle flexing activities, all of this sort of stuff that you've heard about in the history books from the the Cold War. Some listeners were were around then. I was alive at the, the last decade of the Cold War, but what we're seeing today is a recollection it's a resurrection of those tumultuous decades except the analysts are saying the danger for nuclear war now the danger for hot war now is greater than it was decades ago in the cold war that is a story we've continued to track and will continue to track but let's get, let's shift gears to economic news free beacon reports one in 5 manufacturing jobs in New York is Cut manufacturers in new york is cutting jobs due to obamacare nearly a third of these employers said in a survey that they would raise prices on their customer customers and one in five said that they're cutting jobs so this was a survey that was done of manufacturing companies in new york state and a third of them are raising prices because of the increasing healthcare costs to furnish their employees with healthcare and one in 5 are actually cutting jobs. So, another indicator that not all is well economically, which has prophetic implications as well as we mentioned many times. Jacob Rothschild, a British investment banker, by the way, if you're not familiar with the name Rothschild, the the banking family, this this elite banking family going back centuries, has had a huge influence on on imperial ambitions, on on global geopolitics, and and on economic rise and fall. Um, This is a big statement you're about to read. This is not some small fry economic analyst who has an opinion. This is Rothschild, Lord Rothschild, as they call him in England, right? Here's his statement that just came out. Central bankers are continuing what is surely the greatest experiment in monetary policy in the history of the world. Now, these are the guys that are, they know central banking. I mean, they are shareholders in the central banking of England and elsewhere. The Rothschild family is synonymous with banking and central banking. Okay, So when they say, we're in the middle of, quote, the greatest experiment in monetary policy in the history of the world, that should get our attention. Jacob Rothschild next said, quote, We are therefore in uncharted waters, and it is impossible to predict the unintended consequences of very low interest rates. By the way, that's why it's uncharted territory. Never before in history have you had central banks all over the world lowering interest rates to nearly zero and keeping them there, sustained. Even in the United States, who has, you know, who bounced back after the 2008-2009 economic crisis, bounced back significantly, the interest rates were, were held low. Japan, for a decade plus, for 20 years, all over the world, central banks artificially lowering interest rates. And by, by artificially, I mean they're, they're, they're by fiat. They're coming in and, and declaring and setting the interest rates instead of the supply and demand for borrowed money. Dictating the price of borrowed money. In other words, dictating the price of interest rates through free market mechanisms. This would be a central bank intervention to hold interest rates low, to try to get people borrowing and spending and investing, to try to get economic activity stimulated so that the inevitable global crisis of, of economic proportions does not transpire. So they're holding this off, holding it off, holding it off. Rothschild says, who knows what's going to happen? This is uncharted waters. He says 30% of global government debt is at negative yields combined with quantitative easing on a massive scale. Quantitative easing is, of course, the printing of money to buy securities. The, the central banks can just print the money. They just print money out of thin air. And then they can buy things with it. So they're just injecting money into the economy. And most often they buy government bonds. So they, go- they buy the government's issuance of bonds, which the government then is borrowing money. Then the lender is the central bank. And in, the, in our case, in the United States, the Federal Reserve. And w- what's happening there then is the government is spending beyond its means, spending more than it's taking in in taxes. So that's an additional stimulant. So money printing combined with low interest rates, combined with government deficit spending is stimulus, stimulus, stimulus to the third power here. Okay, so this ought to be bringing about just a massive economic uh, expansion and inflation through the roof. So the fact that we don't have inflation and we don't have a magnificent economic boom tells us that we're already in the midst of a global economic crisis and these these efforts to keep that from getting worse are just kind of keeping it flat for now. And in many cases, things are crashing around the world. But what Rothschild is saying is this is not safe waters. These are uncharted waters economically. Now, I don't want to end on that one. We talk about the, the, the coming economic fireworks works that uh, the analysts are saying are coming sooner rather than later. Not a matter of if, but when. But I'd like to end not with that. I mean, we know the prophetic implications of economic difficulties in the world. But I want to close with a thought for each one of us. Time is short. And what I mean by that is we only know that we have today. We don't know that we will have tomorrow. And I mean that in the sense of people perish all the time, right? But the signs of the times are telling us that who knows how much time we have left, even if we do live, we, we will live to see Jesus come again. And so what does that call for us? Behold the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com Here's Scott Ritzema with another Final Minute Message. I was a huge fan of basketball. And when they make a bad call, it's the greatest injustice in the world. And you get very, very fired up about this. And what are you getting fired up about anyway? When your team wins, you're a fan. You know what fan is short for, fanatic. I'm going, yeah, I guess I really was a fanatic. It's demanding hours of my attention before, during, and after the game. And not just that, it's the subject of my conversation. It's what I want to talk about. It's what I defend and argue over is my team. It's so important to me. I have more passion about this team than my real life that I'm living. I know more statistics than scriptures. I know the names of the players better than the heroes of the faith. You know, we get so fired up about it. It is a little bit silly, isn't it? What are they producing? Nothing productive is happening. We say, I am a fan, a supporter of that team. It's kind of sad if you think about it. They're not blessing people in any sort of real way. Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.